Welcome everyone, I am Alana. And I'm Lady. And this is Spookery. Hell yeah, it is. Alrighty, welcome back, our lovely guests. It is time for another weekly episode of Spookery. And oh, it is. It's <laughs> Spookery. This right here, guys, this episode, this is officially our halfway point through our very first season. And is it? Oh my god, it is, isn't it? It does. This episode marks a halfway point, and um, I just gotta say, you know, I've been having a blast so far. Have you? Um, yeah. I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had me there. I was like, "Oh gosh!" I no, I, I've been having such a good time. I've, I've, I feel like I hogged half of the the first half. Does that make sense? I hogged it with my three part thing. So I'm really happy to hand the mic back over to you and be like, "Tell me a story, please." Oh my gosh, not at all. Bonnie and Clyde it was such a wild ride, and I was happy to go on it with you. And I think uh, this week it's a good transition because instead of you know something serious, we are just talking about a silly little story where we, there's literally not based in any reality whatsoever. We literally just get to laugh and share some spooky stories together. So it's, it's gonna be a good time. Love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, it's cryptids and. Folklore BB. I don't know anything about cryptids. I'm excited. You're going to tell me a slice of home, desert, love, life style (laughs) something. You can tell I'm a little slap happy. I don't think I've quite recovered from Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) That's all right. This is a good episode to get all that slap happiness out and get us, you know, just just. Just get us refreshed. I really think this is going to be a good episode. I'm very excited to tell this to you. Oh, I don't think you've had a bad episode yet, ma'am. So I'm so excited for just not just to hit us another home run right out the park. Let's heckin' go. Right, let's go. So, um, real quick, I did want to say if, you know, listeners, if you guys have listened to any of our previous episodes and have come back for more, you know, Lady and I, we just, we got to say thank you for real. Like, this is genuinely a passion project for both of us um, that we have put so much love into. And if you are getting any enjoyment at all from this, it's it's considered a win-win. So, thank you for listening. Seriously. Yeah, no, thank you for listening. Thank you for loving the spookery as much as we do, like, Alana, perfectly. It is a passion project, and we're so passionate about it, and... I'm just, I'm really glad that you guys have come on this journey with us. I hope you're enjoying the story so far, and I love you. I, I, I'm thankful to you. I love you, Alana. Thank you for coming with me on this journey. <laughs> I love you, lady. And I, I also did want to take this moment as well, because we also have been getting a lot of love from one individual particular, or one particular individual, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like we should just give him a little bit of a big shout out right now and just say thank you for not only listening, but this man takes the time to write us a personal email after every episode just gives us his thoughts. He has even gone so far as to make us our very first fan art of the podcast that I hope maybe with his consent we will get to share with you one day. Um, but yeah, Sai is just such an amazing person and we just, I feel like, take, take it a moment to just say thank you, Sai. I know you're probably listening to this and so just thank you, thank you for just everything you do. <laughs> no, Sai, thank you so much. We actually, we read your emails together just to make sure that we're we're both like we both know that you've sent us like, and they're just they're full of love and they're they're so well thought out and they do just give us like the goofiest smile when we read them so thank you so much from the bottom of my my cold dead heart thank you for <laughs> listening to the spooky thank you for for coming on this journey with me and alana we appreciate you so so much absolutely 10 out of 10 couldn't have said it better man yes yeah all right so back back to our episode mushy gushy stuff aside back to the spooky um this week it is my turn to tell you a tale (laughs) haha no no pun intended um you'll see (laughs) okay (laughs) Um, is that also a pun does it have multiple eyes as well as a tail (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe um as as you all remember from my last spin i was so graciously gifted by the spookery spirits and given the topic of cryptids and folklore Um, yes we know who the favorite of the spookery spirits is thanks i know wheel for my mass murder it's going great by the way thank you (laughs) (laughs) next season will be good for you this is my season season one is my season spookery spirits are like alana girl get us off right here's what you asked for they're just like they're like, lady. You need to cut down your episode length. Like six hours was too much, so you have to suffer more. And I'm like that's oh, fair. That's Thanks, spooky spirits. That's so funny. Oh man, no, I have truly enjoyed your episodes. I, I think you've been getting great categories too. Any of the categories that we have, they're all they're all great ones, to be honest. I, so. they, I agree. I don't think we've had a bad category. I just I'm just salty because I wanted something soft. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, when you like have something particular in mind. 
Um, uh, but anywho, yes. let's get this beautiful cryptid folklore adventure going. Yes. So let's uh, let's give you a little bit of background. So this is a pretty personal story to me. Um, I personally grew up with a parent who just loved horror, creepy creatures, and all things that go bump in the night. So the minute I got this category, it felt like home. I was ready to go. I knew exactly what I was going to do for this. Um, growing up, I remember watching all sorts of shows, documentaries on like late night TV on like the History Channel about things like the Mothman, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil, you know, all the classics. Um, and we even had our own personal cryptids growing up. Like my dad made up this like sewer monster that lived in our backyard. And he would tell us that if we stuck our fingers in the holes around the pools, the sewer monster would gobble them up. Um, oh. So like I remember like even even, you know, as a young kid, like my dad was like in a way trying to like that's how kids learn lessons, right, is through like scary stories sometimes so sure you, you make a scary story it says don't do this or else this monster is going to get you and you go okay I, you're right sir i'm not going to do that thing anymore so yeah. it worked and um we did not stick our fingers in the holes around the pool so it worked uh, and you missed out on all that gold treasure <laughs> hidden inside the pool if only you'd know <laughs> if only i had just adventured and been adventurous oh man <clears throat> but right i think i think everyone's parents did that when they were growing up so it's not that's not too weird right? uh well i can't say that my parents told me that there was a swamp monster in any pool that i visited but i was also kind of dumb and i think i would have done it anyway but like can i be friends with the swamp monster they i can stick my finger in and just do it anyway and i did like, and then i got like a little finger massage yeah they tell you like there's something creepy in there you're like cool, i'm gonna go make friends with that thing so they knew better i know better. i think that that really that, that really set up my childhood right like i they I, they knew i was gonna be a creepy kid <laughs> Oh, that's good though. Your parents loved that. They embraced you. They just they knew. So they knew. That's good. I think Can't they did. Parents. <laughs> parents, please confirm. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so what I have picked for us today really is one of the first scary stories that I ever remember being told. I'm not exactly sure how old I was when I first heard this story. Just in my brain, as far back as my memory goes, this is like the OG scary story. Um it's yeah you guys are literally going to be introduced to why i'm afraid of the dark the reason i don't let my feet hang off the edge of the bed like aka my og sleep paralysis demon <laughs> it's we're getting personal today so i'm excited oh i'm so excited <clears throat> delve into the psyche of alana yes so dear listeners and lady please mm -hmm. raise your hand if you have heard of the taily po anyone nope. no no, <laughs> no my okay hand is, my hand is firmly <laughs> seated in my lap because i the taily po the Talipo. The Talipo. How do you spell yes. that? So the the spelling of it does change depending on who wrote the story, but how I remember it being spelled and how I'm choosing to spell it is T-A-I-L-Y-P-O. Okay, so yeah, quite literally a Talipo. Talipo, yeah. Oh, okay. All so, right, no. I really am genuinely curious how many people have heard of this before we actually get into today's episode. So if if you have never taken the time to write us before and you were thinking about doing it, this is your opportunity to break the ice. Please, I do really want to know how many people have heard of the Taily Poe because I know it's not a popular story. It's not a popular folklore. It's not a popular legend. It's I don't know how I how it made its way from where where it started all the way over to Arizona but I this is like something I heard growing up and I just I'm so baffled that no one else has heard about it hmm no yeah. I yeah I I've I've done my fair share of exploring I've never heard of the Taily Poe I mean I'm a, I'm so curious to see where like the origin story comes from yeah no that's all right if you if you haven't heard about it you will definitely know about it after today's episode so yes um but before we actually get into my retelling of the scary story, I am going to give you a little bit of information on the origins and the history of the Tilly Pope because I know yes. I knew you were going to ask for it and I had yes. it ready to go. You know, just the just context. a little yes, <laughs> just a little little taste of that sweet sweet context. You know, we got to tide you over. Spice. <laughs> yeah. My delicious favorite spice. <laughs> exactly. I'm like I know I know she can't wait until the whole story, so I'll give her a little something to start out with, and then we'll we'll talk Ooh, more later. <laughs> delicious. So the Tilly Pope is actually, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, an Appalachian cryptid. I know there's a different way to say it. App Appalachian. Appala I've always said Appalachian, but... Yeah. Cool. Then we're going to say it the right way. Awesome. Then we're just going to say it the sure. right way. I'm not the right person to ask as a non-American, but sure. Yes, Appalachian. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's from... I, I heard about it from, like, Fallout. That's the first time I ever really heard someone say it out loud was, like, you know, the Appalachian. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going with. So, the Taylor right. is from the Appalachia, or the Appalachian area. Um, and, again, they're really not, not really as famous from some of the others from the area, like Bigfoot and Mothman, um, which really is a crime because it is such a unique and creepy 
and dare I even say fun story to tell. Um, I really feel like it would be more popular than it is, um, but it's just, it's not up there with those big guys. Um, so of course, as with most folklore stories, the details of the Talipo vary from person to person, region to region. So there are many different versions of this, and we are doing this in a true folklore fashion, and I am going to be the one telling you my version my recollection yes, of the story today it. so this is not anyone else's story it's it's loosely you know it's just my recollection it's based down from my my own memory so it's yeah. it's kind of a hodgepodge you know the true true folklore i'm excited i'm also cu- I'm curious about other variations so if you have other variations of the story like listener please like let me know because like yes. i don't know any version of this story so like i'm, I'm keen i'm yeah. here to learn Right? There's there's so many. Um, I do believe that the version from my memory is mainly based on a children's book, actually, written by Joanna C. Galdon, I think is how you say the last name, or Galdon. Um, the minute I saw the cover of the book, I was like, oh, heck yeah, that is that is like the book I read as a child. Like, I knew. Like, it just unlocked that core memory for me. <laughs> but um, even after seeing, like, the artwork and the cover for it, it, for some reason in my head, the image that I conjured of this creature is very different than how it's actually depicted in almost all of the artwork, which I think is kind of funny like just none of the drawings or anything compare remotely to how scary like the creature i concocted in my head is okay yeah so that being said i am i am gonna make you wait until after the story to give you a full description and share photos Mm. of the taylor poe because i'm just nice like that i want your Uh. brain to be able to make up the scariest thing possible to you so you're welcome okay all right (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what nightmare fuel you've conjured ma'am i have an ipad with procreate on it i will draw the amalgamation that comes into my head (laughs) i would love it if you did i would love to see that oh my gosh all right that would be great so, um, so Joanna first cursed children with her retelling of the story in 1984, but the earliest written versions date back to the early 19th century. Um, a story actually told by Uncle Remus, aka Joel Chandler Harris, who you might know for being an author of the Br'er Rabbit stories. Um, I did read through that version of the Taily Poe as well, and it is pretty similar, but of course it has some majorly striking differences too. Um, on that note, I am going to make you wait until after the story to highlight the main consistent details of the story. Well, too. <laughs> so basically, we're getting the whole story at the end of the story. Is what yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to tell you it, and then I'm, we're going to talk about what I told you. That's what's happening. You know what? That's fair. You know, after that fucking ride that I took you on with Bonnie and Clyde, I think this is the least you can do. <laughs> yeah. No, I can wait. Good. I, I can wait. I'm I'm a patient. I'm a patient sword. I will wait. <laughs> I definitely, I think I have teased you enough. So go ahead, dim your lights, you know, grab your tea and I'm going to grab my flashlight and so I can get in the proper scary story mode and we're going to get into it. I'm so excited. I'm ready. I'm under my blanket. My, my I'm, I'm hidden. I'm, I'm all curled up. I'm tucked in. I got my tea. I'm, tell me a spooky story, ma'am. Tell me a spooky story. Tell you the spooky story. All right. So, a long time ago, in a land far, far away, sat a cabin in a dark and swampy forest. Inside that cabin lived an old hunter. The hunter's cabin had only one room, and that room was his bedroom, his dining room, and his kitchen too. The hunter lived alone other than his three dogs. His dog's names were, and get ready for this one, mm-hmm. Uno, Ino, and Comtico Calico. Excuse me? <laughs> I can definitely spell that one for you, too. The dog's you, names were Uno, Ino, and Comtico Calico. I, I feel like there was some clear favoritism with one of these dogs. I'm not going to name any names, but I just feel that there was some dog favoritism. I'm also going to imagine that Uno and Ino are like big Dobermans and then Comtico Yep, that's that's it. Yep. Uh, oh, sure. Yep. Comptocalismo. Sure. We'll go with that. I'm imagining it as a really small dog. <laughs> Just like a little tiny like terrier. Like the loudest a, one out of all of them. It's a sausage dog, but it's got two big Doberman <laughs> brothers. That's my kid. That's oh the my story. Gosh. And I'm sticking that's to it. Amazing. Oh, my okay. gosh. I'm not going to I'm not going to steer you wrong. This is folklore. Your imagination can paint this exactly however you want. So okay. but it's canon. It's canon. Okay. <laughs> all right. Winter was approaching in the forest, and soon food would be scarce and the days would be short. The old man set out on a hunt one cold day, hatchet in hand with his three hounds by his side. Unfortunately, the hunter had a bit of bad luck. He had only managed to catch a single small rabbit, and night was beginning to fall. Before starting to make his way back to his cabin, the hunter decided to stop and set a fire to roast his small supper. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject really quickly in here. I'm like, no wonder he only caught one small rabbit. He only brought himself a hatchet. 
He only brought a hatchet. Yeah, he's yeah. out there, like you said, just swinging at things. With a he's wildly swinging at rabbits. He's like, he's like, miraculously hit one rabbit to begin with. But sure, I never said he was a good hunter. Okay, I just said he was a hunter. There was, I never clarified. Fair enough. That, that, that's on me. I don't know how he managed to feed these three dogs on this on this uh, budget, but I oh, hope they're doing dear. good. I'm sure they are. I believe. <laughs> I Uno, believe. I know. And Cops and Calismo are doing great. They're great. Oh, my gosh. So as he sat by a fire with his three dogs, he heard some rustling from across the fire. His gaze was met by an oddly shaped creature with bright, fiery yellow eyes and a long tail. The man quickly went for his hatchet and swung at the creature as hard as he could. The creature let out a scream while running off into the night. The hunter only managed to get the animal's tail, but he decided to eat it anyway. Um, the hunter cooked up his dinner before returning home to his cabin. I, I'm going to emphasize what we said earlier. This is not a good hunter. This is He's not the best. He's doing his best, but it's not the best. Do not eat it's, foreign animal, my dude. Don't do it. It's unidentified it's, strange tail. Don't eat it. <laughs> unidentified strange tail. <laughs> well, if you're hungry, you're hungry. Don't eat ISTs, guys. It's just not worth IST. it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> When he got back to his home, the man lit his fireplace to keep him warm for the night. He settled into bed and fell asleep peacefully with his belly full, listening to the cracks of the fire. The hunter was awoken to a strange noise. His eyes opened and tried to adjust to the light in the room. And when they finally did, he noticed something at the foot of his bed. Peeking up from right over the edge of the mattress were two yellow glowing eyes staring straight at the man. It's cucumber calendar. It's cucumber. <laughs> it's the oh sausage dog. The sausage dog. He's he's mad because he didn't get a bite. Yeah, the, the dog's tail. like, I'm small, but I wanted the tail. I'm so hungry, master. Master, why did you only feed me stringy rabbit? I wanted the uh, of the spooky tail. <laughs> the spooky. T- oh my god. <laughs> As the man lay there, trembling in fear, the creature reached out one dark furry claw up to climb onto the bed and whispered in a terrible voice, Tailypo, Tailypo, all I want is my Tailypo. You have not dispelled my thoughts that this is the dog. (laughs) You have not changed my mind. It's the dog. Like he, he like put the like fur of the rabbit on, and he's like trying to scare him to get more food. Yeah, he's just wrapped in a really thick blanket, and he's just like, I wanted the daily po. I'm hungry, master. Oh my god, smart dog, clever girl. <laughs> the hunter scrambled up out of bed and yelled up for his dogs. Uno, I know, and come to Cocalico. The three hounds leapt up into action and chased the creature off into the darkness. The hunter calmed himself down while he waited for his dogs to return. The dogs finally returned, and the night returned to calm. The man wrapped his blanket tightly around himself. He lay there quietly, listening to the fire, until he managed to fall back to sleep again. He was awoken shortly by the sound of claws scratching at the front door. The hunter's eyes shot open, and the clawing continued. Scratch, scratch, scratch. The old man shouted out, Who's out there at this time of night? The horrible voice said again, Tailypo, Tailypo, I'm coming to get my Tailypo. This time, though, the man was so scared that he couldn't even stand up. He called out to his dogs from his bed, and they tore out after the creature yet again. They continued to chase the creature until the hunter could no longer see them. All was quiet yet again while the hunter waited for his dogs to return. But this time, they did not return. (gasps) Somehow, the man managed to go back to sleep. The morning was closed, but it was still dark. Doesn't care about his dogs. He deserves whatever comes after him. He's just like, yeah, okay, they're just not coming back. Whatever. Yeah. You know what they were? They were hard to feed. I couldn't even catch a rabbit for myself. Never mind three rabbits for my beautiful dogs. They're they're getting a better life now. Off you go. (laughs) I think they joined voices with the Tilly Po, to be honest with you. I, you know what? I believe it. That, 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 that sausage dog, I'm pretty sure that sausage dog was the one scratching at the door. I'm just going to, I'm putting it out there. That, that sausage dog wanted that tail. And this is actually how we're turning this into our next cult episode is the <gasps> cult of the Tilly Po. No, I'm just <laughs> What a plot twist. Oh my gosh. 
The morning was close, but it was still dark. The man was still asleep until something started to howl from outside. It's the, the sausage dog. It's returned. The sausage dog. Oh my goodness! He's like, hello. That's Kool Aid Cameo. It's back from the. It's back from its chase. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry. No, you're so great. I love you. <laughs> At first, he thought it was just the wind, but after he lay there listening for a few moments, he could make out that ho- that horrible voice yet again. You know, and I know. All I want is my taily po. The old man tried to call out for his dogs. Oh no, I know, Encantico Calico. But this time, the dogs didn't come. He raced outside into the moonlight and screamed for his dogs again. There was no trace of the, of the hounds, just the man standing outside with the sound of the wind blowing around him. The hunter retreated back inside the cabin, closing and barricading the door behind him. The voice got closer and closer until he could tell it was right outside the door. The creature began to scratch at the door again, all while repeating the same dreadful phrase. The man cowered inside with nowhere to run. The creature scratched and clawed until the only thing left of the hunter and his cabin was the old chimney. Some people say when the cold wind blows on a dark winter night, if you listen carefully, you can hear a strange voice saying, Telepo, telepo, now I've got my telepo. And see. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put it up. This man had a hatchet. He did this whole time. And this he whole time. This this man had a hatchet that he took the tail. That's how he got the tail in the first place, and he just like forgot. He just yeah. He just completely did not. He was too scared. He was too scared. Maybe one of the dogs took it with him when he ran out. There's a sausage know. dog. I'm telling you, <laughs> sausage dog. He's like, let me grab my hatchet. This hunter's no good with it anyway. I'm telling you, Columbia oh. Commando's got this. Like, dog is on to something. That's so funny. Columbia Commando. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I can't remember this dog's name for the life of me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's great. I, I honestly, the that dog's name is the entire reason that I remembered this story. Was I was like laying there in bed one night and I was just like, Uno, I know, come to go calico. And I was like, wait, the Taily Po? Like, I just like, like, all of a sudden it just like came back to me, like the minute that I remembered these dogs' names. So I think that there is something to that. Like, I think like the story, like somehow, like in order to be like retold, like it relies somewhat on these like weird dogs' names, which is kind of strange, right? No, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I'm gonna guess that these dog names are consistent through each story, or at least some iteration of like rhyme scheme is, is Yes. consistent through the story it is yeah no we will get into that in just a little bit because there are a lot of consistencies like you said throughout the retellings and the names of the dogs not necessarily being these but the repetition really is a huge part of the story mm-hmm. it's like a main one of the main focal points right and actually yeah. i'm gonna draw my version of the the come to go calico while you're telling the next bit just so that i remember my version before you tell me what the real one looks like yes please and i'll I, post I really this on instagram <laughs> i'll post this <laughs> i would love afraid. it yeah, no, there are a lot of different, I mean, even in my research and stuff, I saw so many different depictions of the Daily Poe that I, like, even some that, like, I didn't recognize. I'm like, that's what you would consider the Daily Poe? And I mean, everyone has allowed their own, like, yeah. uh, imagination. Everyone's allowed their own version of it. But, like, some, I mean, like, you have this picture in your head and then you see it and you're like, wow, like, it's crazy that that's what you thought of and I'm all the way over here, you know? Like, yeah. But that's that's what makes the story so beautiful. <laughs> it, it really is. And I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to hear what the actual version is based on what I think it looks like. And of course, right. I'm going to start right now. I, mean, I will post what my version looks like, but I'm not an artist. I never am. I never will be. Um, so please be nice to me, but <laughs> it's not yeah, going to be no. anything cool, but I'll, 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 I'll try it. We'll... It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited to see it, actually. <laughs> That's actually, I actually put a little note in here later on because I, not to like put any pressure on Zai, but since he has done some depictions before, I'm like really curious to see what he thinks of the Taily Poe too, if he ever wanted to share that with us, if he maybe was already drawing it during this episode, but yeah. no mm. pressure whatsoever. No, no, no. Uh, don't worry, I'll do it in your set so you don't have to. Perfect. All right, so yeah, it's time to get into our little bit of debrief time, talking about the story a little bit more. Ooh. So... Despite this version of the story being like a quote-unquote children's story, I 
don't necessarily recommend sharing it with your children. Like, unless of course, like you hate the fact that they just like sleep soundly through the night. If you just, if you hate a good night's sleep, here is the fix for you. Um, otherwise, maybe I would save this one for them when they're just like a little bit older. <laughs> Cause I think it is really creepy for kids. I think it does kind of like leaving it up to your imagination. Like they just conjure up some terrible nightmare fuel. Yeah, I can, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard. And like I said, this was like the reason why I could not let like my feet hang over like the edge of the bed at night as even a child. Even now, I like imagine like the little tailie po claw grabbing my foot and being like, I give me my tailie po, even though I've never eaten a tail. I promise. Well, I've never done it. Not that you know of. Not that, not that I know of. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's mm. a horrible thought. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So... I, I am really curious, lady. What did you think of the story overall? Like, I hope I was able to creep you out with my storytelling I, skills just a little bit. Well, I'm going to say that when I'm scared, I deflect to humor. And I would like to formally put towards the audience that I deflected a lot then. So I was, I was rather spooked. It's a spooky Good. story. I practiced my scary voice even before telling it. I wanted to, you know, make, make it as spooky as possible. Because when my dad used to tell this to me, he had a pretty horrible voice that he put on for the Taylor Poe as well. And I think that also adds to it. Yeah, I... I'm gonna, you'll see my, my iteration before everybody else, what I draw as what I think it looks like, and I think you'll understand why I'm, I'm like, sufficiently creeped, because mine, I'm just looking at it now, it's fucking nightmare fuel. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really excited to see it then, because, like, yeah, everyone has, you know, their own version of spooky, so yeah, that'll be fun to see. Yeah. Um, and... And even this, this is the first time I've really gotten to go into like full blown story mode for the podcast. So I'm really, I'm, I really enjoyed it. It was not only fun to write, but I, I did really have a fun time telling it. So. Oh, I think we, we I need more like proper, like spooky, scary stories. We don't have enough, like just good old fashioned spook spooks. So thank right? you for, for telling me. Thank you for. Yeah. I'm very happy to do it. I'm happy to add our first like actual spooky story to the archive because I think we needed it. I think we've had a lot of stuff based in history. We've gotten a lot of you know really good stories that like you said take place in reality but just this one is a good just like actual true folklore like we just we got to make fun of it a little bit and now i get to yeah. tell you more about it yes please tell me tell me the context <laughs> tell me the story yes tell me about your yes yep 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 boy <laughs> So, uh, most of the time, the tailie po is usually depicted to be about the size of a dog with pointy ears and a long tail. Um, is that consistent with what you imagined? Uh, mine was a little, well, I guess, what, what kind of size dog? Because dogs come in lots of different sizes. That's true. Um, from my sources, it really just said, like, medium-sized dog. So, it wasn't, like, super specific. Yeah. Like, but also that, there's a, a lot yeah. of pictures of it that kind of look like a like a cat, like a larger cat. So I, I would say like a medium sized dog, like a, a hundred pound dog. Yeah, I would say that's that's consistent with what I was thinking. I was thinking something that kind of skittered along the ground, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like almost like a lizard size, but like a, like a big lizard, like a monitor lizard, like a little bit lizard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So around that, like you said, it is usually said to have either red or yellow eyes, just depending on the storyteller. Mm -hmm. um, Poe is always usually nocturnal um, and usually depicted with dark black fur. Okay. Its main defense is its razor sharp claws, and it speaks English as it demands the return of its tail through its creepy and repetitive little phrases. I think that also speaks to like the repetition of the story, like. You know, it has the dogs and it he calls out for the dogs you say the names of the dogs several times and you also say you know the taily po phrase taily po taily po i'm coming to get my taily po like it always repeats the the repetition of threes like i think that that really does have such a strong yeah sense in the story of just why it is carried on because it's just so fun to say it's so fun to tell it is yeah i would i would agree <clears throat> um but I know I did kind of make this sound like at the beginning, like it was more of like a true cryptid. Like throughout the last one I teased about it, I'm like, this is like a cryptid. But the Taily Poe, like compared to creatures like the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot, like the Taily Poe really does fall more under like folklore than cryptid because there's like, there's no sightings of the Taily Poe. No one's out there looking for this thing. Like it really is just a famously scary parable that's been passed down from generation to generation. Like, mm -hmm. so it's a lot different in that regard because there's just there's not any like i said there's nothing based in reality for this one it is completely mythical it is just it is just a fun little story um and some people really do think its main purpose originally was to teach kids not to steal or abuse animals you know like you, you see it a lot with little kids like that's when they reach out to touch animals if the animal runs away they grab its tail and so this i feel like was a story to teach kids like don't do that because the animal will come back and get you like yeah it's just a scary story to to teach kids some lesson in some way or another 
So, hence the reason it is labeled as a children's story, I suppose. Um, Though besides Joanna and Uncle Remus, a lot of storytellers have taken their crack at this one over the years. Mm -hmm. There are really so many versions of the story that it is impossible to say who the original version of it belongs to. Um, The Tilly Poe has been depicted in books, blogs, comics, movies, you name it. Um, I even read a version of this in my research. It was very interesting. It was told from the Tilly Poe's perspective. Oh. That one, yeah, that one was really interesting. I've never seen a story flipped in this regard and told from the like the view of the creature and it was like it was really interesting to to kind of get inside the head of the tail i don't know like i just i never even thought to go there so the fact that someone else took the time to write out an entire story it was really interesting and i'm gonna yeah. link that one too in my sources because i just think that one was really interesting and fun to read no uh, it's i i'm excited because like I've, I've got my horrendic horrendous version that i'm drawing now Actually, I'm going to send it to you because I'm done. (laughs) So before we get any further, I'm going to send you. All right. So let me see your lovely depiction of this because it is, there's, there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's all up to imagination. All right. Here's the cursed image that I drew and I'll post this on Instagram so you guys can see, but I'm going to show it to Alana. There, there's my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> that like the oh my gosh yes like like you said just like the I don't even know the right word like ah, just the vagueness of, you know what I mean like I never like it never had like a full body for me like it was it was just like this like creepy like enigma in my brain like it, that's very accurate that like yeah. creepy little smile the three little eyes oh god I don't like that <laughs> I don't like that I realize after I said it to you I'm looking at it I'm like I've just sent you a fucking worm on a string with arms <laughs> oh my god it literally it is a, a like a haunted worm on a string <laughs> A haunted world oh my gosh. I'll post How do we make merch of this? <laughs> I want my own. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a worm on a string and some black spray paint, get some little googly eyes and some teeth, and oh. I'm gonna make my own. Oh my god. So there you go. Oh, this is this will be on Instagram. This first draw that I drew. I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Daily Paul. Daily Paul. Oh, yeah, can't you picture it? Yeah, like that's just, oh, it nailed it. You nailed it. You did a good yeah. job. Like it it, ha- it has to be smiling too. I feel like it has like this smiley toothy grin. It's so funny you say that because in every picture it absolutely is. Di- I didn't even note that. I didn't even like pick up on that myself, but it does always have like almost like a Cheshire cat like shit eating grin on its face. Like it's a very creepy smile. Yeah. So no, that's it's so All funny right. that everyone pictures that. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So it sounds wow. like I hit the nail on the head. Woo! You did. Wow. No, that's that's wild. You really did do a fantastic job with that. Thank you. Um, I appreciate almost it. too good. <laughs> I just I'm not thinking my nightmares tonight. I'm, you will. This is the new, your new version of a daily pose. This horrible God. horrible thing that I drew. <laughs> just needed to revive it for my adult nightmares. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this episode is a bad idea, I think. <laughs> oh uh, if anything, it's been Arts and Crafts with Spookery. <laughs> arts and Crafts with Spookery. And next week, we'll show you how to make your own version of the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say next week is, is mass murder. Oh, so yeah, next week, we'll show you how to commit an entire mass murder. Gosh. No. Oh, God. Those Ugh. are the things you learn in spookery. Yeah. You learn about the Taylor Poe and then... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so tell me tell but, me about this, this spooky thing on a string. <laughs> but yeah, there are really with the Taylor Poe, there are really so many versions of the story that it is impossible to say who it belongs to. Uh, the Taylor Poe has been depicted in books, blogs. I think I already read all this. Books, blogs, comics, movies, and you name it. Um, just like all over media. People have just taken a crack at this thing, wanting to put their own unique stamp on the story. Um, But the original variations of the legend usually all contain similar elements. Um, The main theme of the story always revolves around theft and revenge, but the details about like the hunter, his dogs, and the Taily Poe all vary from retelling to retelling. Mm. Um, So like the the hungry man hunting for food by his old cabin is a constant. It's usually always taking place in the middle of the woods. There's this old man hunting for food. That's just usually how the, all, all the stories start. Um, but his weapon of choice, like kind of how you pointed out, it does range a bit because I think a lot of people are very unsatisfied with the hatchet. So it does range from a hatchet all the way to a rifle. He is given all sorts of different weapons and stuff like that because I think it just, it really speaks to his incompetence as a hunter with him just running out there just trying to swing at things. So people kind of make him sound a little bit better and give him a rifle or some other yeah. weapons. That um, makes sense. Which, 
Yeah, I, I totally think that's fair. And some of the stories, too, like, he's even named, like, I'm trying to think of um, one of the stories, I think he's called, like, Old Man Fletcher. Like, he's he's given names in some of these. I just went with old, he's a, he's Old Man Hunter. Like, that's that's his name. No, he, well, he actually, actually, see, it's it's interesting that you said Fletcher, because immediately, uh, when you, I, I was I was agreeing with you, and I was like, uh, how incompetent, he just went into a wood, started swinging a hatchet, but then my brain was like, well, there's actually a different kind of hunter, which is a trapper. Mm-hmm. And so maybe instead of, you know, he's going out and, like, thro- I'm assuming not just throwing hatchets at rabbits and hoping <laughs> that they hit. But he's, if like, he, setting traps here and there. But if he was a Fletcher, a Fletcher means that they're, like, they're whittling wood. So they're creating traps. He's creating, he's trapping his environment. But that means that he's not got a physical prowess to him. So, you know, you oh. also mentioned that he's an older gentleman. So maybe he's really... He's, 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 a, he's better at scheming, but he's not physically up to the task. So the hatchet yeah. is just to kill the thing that he traps, but that's not a method that he's not strong enough to wield it. Oh, we're creating, we're creating Taylor Poe lore. Like, we are. <laughs> I never, like, I never thought about that. But yeah, and, and like you said, that's I've, I've seen that name, Old Man Fletcher, in a lot of things. And that's funny that a Fletcher is. I never knew that. Yeah, it's, it's huh. a, Fletching specifically. I think was like the to, to like create arrows. Like you would carve like arrows. You whittle arrows out of like sticks. Um, oh, okay. That would be like the act of fletching. But like if he was a trapper, if he was making like stick traps and nets and he was he was more used to setting traps for himself, then of yeah. course when this horrible nightmare amalgamation with just this black worm on a string just kind of came out of the darkness, of course he's not going to be able to defend himself because he hasn't prepared if he was given you know i mean of course it, when his dogs went missing i probably would have been like that's the red flag where you start like booby trapping yeah, your house absolutely but, but it's also if he's an older gentleman if he's if he's used to creating traps and waiting he's not yeah. used to being the thing of the trap suddenly his cabin becomes the trap and he's just waiting that's, for this this slithery creature to get in that is such a different like I mean, you're adding so much to the story by pointing out just, like, this really small detail that I had really never considered. Like, it really does give so much lore to the Daily Poe, like you said, of this of this man who really is just, like, the victim of the Daily Poe at the end of the day. Like, that's his role in the story, is yeah. just to be the victim of the Daily Poe. But to learn more about him, like you said, not really, like, think of him as, like, this incompetent. Like, he's just this old man out there, like you said, who's just physically incapable. But he has the skills. He has the knowledge. That's probably why he has three hunting dogs, is, like, they probably got into a lot of the hard yeah. work for him, they're, too. Yeah, they have the physical labor, whereas he, if he's an older gentleman, you, you, I think you even called him an old man at the end of your story. Mm-hmm. It's like that that indicates to me that he hasn't got the physical prowess. Maybe there's like, he, you know, he's, he's, he's lost like physical. Maybe he can't see properly. Like he's mm-hmm. not he's not in his peak physical form anymore. He relies on yeah. these tools and suddenly they're tools. Like they're, it's something he can't even he can't even see it. It's just this creature and it's fast yeah. and it can speak and it's taunting him. And that makes it so much scarier that it's attracting a poor, defenseless old man. (laughs) But I I also, I want to point this out because I I thought about this recently and it's kind of funny. It's like, what makes a good horror story? And it's what is the purpose of the horror story? And if it's a children's Mm -hmm. story to warn children away from something, it has to be a preventable measure. So you have to make your character foolish in a way you're like yeah. oh don't be like old man fletcher he was a foolish man and he and he got eaten by this cre- this this worm on a string yeah but if you're telling a horror story then then it's inevitability there's nothing you can do about there's not, it. like you said he was literally from the minute that like they crossed paths he pretty much was like trapped yeah in, like he his, was, his own cabin became hit the trap which is like so ironic and adds like such a different layer to the story i really yeah. like that so there you go it's depending on how you tell your version of the taily po whether it's a a, 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 a cautionary tale to tell children like oh don't be like that that's avoidable and yeah. it, it, like if you get into that situation it's your fault versus here's this thing and it slithers between trees and it hides in your periphery and as yeah. soon as you step onto its tail as soon as that, pe- that thing slithers across your path you're done it's got You're your doomed. scent, and it's coming yeah. for you. And the, and the fact that it can speak as well, you know, it's it's always pictured with this Cheshire-like grin. It yeah. almost, it's like, then it, it it's almost like, it's, it's not even killing for food, it's killing for sport at that point, where the killing is comical. Right, so. and I mean, like, that, the part that always really did bother me, and that kind of, like, touches on it, is, like, I mean, the, the man ate his tail already. Like, is he really gonna, like... He's digested the tail. Like, it's yeah. in his belly. You, yeah. you can't even, like, re- you're an animal. You're going to reattach your tail, dude? Like, you got the tail back, but at what cost? Like, it's not going to be any use to you. So, like, that that detail did bother me as a kid because it literally is, like, he's just, it is just revenge. Like, there's no point to it. It is just, like, a revenge killing. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, morbid for a kid's story. It's just, like, yep, you make one mistake and that's it. <laughs> you're done. Like, that's, that's I. Kinda- 
I have like a really weird anecdote for you for this, and I yeah. and I think I've heard a version of this story. Really? But it wasn't a tale. And I think okay. that's what really threw me off. And as soon as the story ended, I was like, I know this story. Really? Okay. But for but I I can't remember the details because of course I think I heard this when I was a child, and then I yeah. I didn't have the fun whimsical naming of the dogs in my story. So right. the story has like repressed itself into my spook revolt that is my brain. But my version of the story, I think it was like a dare. And it was a group of teenagers, if I remember correctly. It was a group of kids. It was like there were multiple I guess foolhardy characters if it was a cautionary tale huh. um, but it wasn't a tale it was a toe oh and it was this and I can't remember if it was like it was a, a corpse toe or a giant's toe or it was some sort of supernatural creature's toe and it was consumed and I remember the story going like you ate my toe give me back my toe but they've already eaten it so they can't give it back and that yeah. was the desperation of the story was like, I've already done the irreversible. I've digested this thing that it wants. Yeah. And I can't give it back. How do I remedy this? And it's this helpless situation where he'd only wants one thing. And I can't oh, give that to you. But I, like that's the version that I remember. But I don't remember like the, the specifics. And maybe that's the thing is it's this like this common folklore but for you, the way that it traveled it became this tail creature, and I and I for me it was a toe, and maybe for someone else it was a finger, and it's like, yeah, mm. or maybe it was like a liver. But that's like truly, th that's the beauty of the folklore, right? <laughs> it's like taking everyone gets to take whatever organ they choose when they tell this story. It's totally up to them. Yeah, and it's 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 so weird that you've pulled this core memory out of me, and I'm like, I do know this story, but not your version of the story there were no dogs yeah. I think it was just like a group of teenagers like they had been huh. dared to do something they went into this house they did this thing like they ate I think it was either a pickled toe or it was this like frozen toe or it was like it was preserved some way but one of them ate it and it was just this helplessness we need to find this story we need to touch <laughs> on this on the recap episode and tell this tell this troubling toe story I'd I like know. to know it <laughs> toe oh facts. Oh my gosh. We didn't get the feet the cult, facts. so we're going to talk about toe cryptids. Oh my gosh, it all comes back full circle. It's all connected. <laughs> that is wild, though. That is really cool, though, that it is, like you said, it's kind of the same and similar, but like at the same time, very different. It yeah. has the same themes, and it really shows that that, like, I think at the end of the day is kind of, I don't know how that one necessarily because it is a helpful situation but yeah. it's like I guess to teach a message like, don't make uh, irreversible mistakes <laughs> you can't go back I think if the message was don't eat weird things <laughs> yeah like you don't ingest weird things which is also a great message for children so I mean like that's it has its place in history like yeah I love that. it's it's yeah it's, it's so bizarre it's like different manifestations be a very different childhoods but different manifestations of the same story I wonder I gotta fucking I gotta go like talk to someone <laughs> like yeah where like, did I know this story from who told me the story <laughs> oh my gosh go consult some family and just be like all right guys i gotta go to spookery dad and be like hey <laughs> did you tell me the story spookery dad i hope he i hope he sheds some light and gives you some answer because now i'm really interested i'm gonna be seriously googling this toe story yeah so there you so go interested and of course spooky listener if you know a similar kind of story i'd love to hear it i'd love to hear if you knew like someone who ate someone's liver or a finger or strands of hair heaven forbid but <laughs> I, mean, I mean how many appendages are edible but shouldn't be right one of the things that was even compared um, as I was doing the research to, like, I think it was, um, you've heard of maybe the movie called, like, The Monkey's Arm. I think that's what it is. Or The Monkey's Paw. That's a like, monkey's paw. Yes, a monkey's paw. Be careful what you that's, wish for. Yes. And this was, like, kind of, I guess, somehow related to that, which I didn't necessarily see the striking resemblance too much. But I mean, because the monkey paw. Everyone gets different things from these. A monkey paw was, it was, I think, I think it's specifically three wishes. It's close to that genie story. But I, mm -hmm. I think it was how many, ever many fingers were on the paw, and like when you made the wish, a, a finger would curl. Yeah. But it, but the wish would always manifest in a way that you didn't want. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was so. just it compared like kind of loosely to that of just like having to do with an animal, some sort of like an animal's like appendage. Yeah. And uh, like I don't a like that. Part. That's. Yeah, I didn't really. That's why I didn't include it in like my sources per se. But like I thought it was like a loose. I'm just like I, I do see like similar themes being repeated throughout history, but. It is just changed. Like, they, people add and, you know, embellish however they need to. 
Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess all fo- folklore has a common thread of caution, right? Whether it's like, don't go here, don't be there, don't do this, don't be this person, don't cross this, don't just don't. Mm-hmm. Like every horror story has a moment of caution, and and it's whatever it like, whether that is like a, a precautionary thing or it's a don't give up, yeah, sort of caution. Absolutely. No, that's a very good way to but, put it. And this story yeah, definitely so. is just a cautionary tale for children. Um, yeah. Who? Yeah, like it's just been told so many different, so many different ways. Um, and one of the things I actually, I actually did wrote down. I was trying to find it because um, I know we talked about it too, just in all the different retellings of it of people putting like their own stamp on it um, with the dogs' names. I was trying to find it real quick for mm. like the Br'er, the Br'er Rabbit version. Um, in that story in particular, the dogs had. You know, similar names, um, but it was Rambu, Bamboo, and Lambu. Oh, okay. So still repetitive, but completely different. See, I'm going to be honest here. I didn't grow up with Briar Rabbit. I don't know those stories at all. The ones I had were Peter Cottontail, and those were whimsical, fun stories. Yeah, no, I didn't. I actually didn't really grow up with the Briar Rabbit stories either. I just thought it was really interesting, like, that... He, there was even a yeah. Br'er Rabbit Taily Post story that is literally called, um, I think, like, the re- the Return of Uncle Remus is, like, the book, and then it's literally called, like, the Taily Post. It's, like, a small, because it's, it, it's all shorter stories in this book, is from my understanding. I've never read one of these books, but it looks like it's all, okay. like, de- kind of a compilation of smaller stories. And, so, um, yeah, this might be the origin of this creature yeah, that's and it's just kind of spiraled into its own legend. Pretty much, like this is like one of the first written tellings of the story was in Frere Rabbit. It's the oldest version that you can find that's actually like a written, recorded copy of it. Um, How cool! It really is. I think it's really interesting because um, I had no idea. Like I, I really didn't. I thought this book that Joanna wrote. I'm like, oh, that's got to be it. That's got to be like she, she heard it, and then that's like the first written of it. But it's like, no, this goes back hundreds of years. This is a pretty, yeah. pretty old, deep folklore. Um, yeah, and I and I'd love to know if this was like an oral tradition where like there was maybe it's like a cautionary against snakes where it's like don't eat the snake because it's just a horrible monster or a, or a lizard where they drop their tails. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Depending on like the area you're from, like you said, like I know in Arizona we have a lot of lizards here, and that's a big thing. Like my parents were like, I know the tails will grow back on, li- but don't like pull them off. Like don't like touch the lizard's tail. Like it is a big thing not to touch animals' tails. So I can understand that this is just. Probably why my parents told it to me as a kid, honestly, was just like, yeah, just don't touch animals' tails. Just don't do it. Don't touch tail. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So another difference um, in the stories of different retellings is the fate of the dogs, actually. So sometimes the dogs meet a more gruesome end, similar to the man, instead of just getting lost or fleeing in flight. Um, In some variants, the dogs actually even chase the tailipo far out into a swamp before meeting their end. And I don't think we actually... I I noted, actually, at the beginning of mine that it was like a forest, like a swampy forest, but I don't think I actually said that they specifically, like drove them into a swamp and I think some of the other stories highlight that a little bit more and that makes it a little bit more creepy I will say like after rereading some of the other stories I'm like I I almost wish I would have talked about it but just in my head that didn't come to mind but it is really creepy like reading about this like swampy area where yeah. like the the tailipo just like pulls them out to and then they just disappear like you're just like oh okay that's cool yeah well I, I, I'm thinking about that. like the, the versus horrible creature that I've drawn it has fur and I and I didn't even consider and the environment and I was like if this is a swamp a furry black worm on a string is probably not ideal and like what if it is it scaly is it is it slippery Ugh. is it is it is it like is it got like an amphibian skin where it's kind of like this mucusy membrane sort of thing I just so immediately I- imagined a fuzzy snake yeah, no, I, I like you said, imagine fur, but I also kind of imagine like patchy, like weird, like dry fur, and then like, I don't like just kind of like really old skin. Like, have you seen like dog skin before? Like, kind of like that, but just like really wrinkly and like dog skin. <laughs> yeah, like dog skin, like underneath their fur, like it's, it's oh, gross. It was like, like, like a bald, like a bald dog. Like, oh no. Poor I met I met a, a pomeranian the other day with alopecia, and she was a cutie, oh, but sweet. She she literally looked like a little pig. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, kind of like the because like uh, we shave my dog's uh, tummies because it can get hot over down in here in Florida. Oh, so like and mm-hmm. we have beagles. They're not long fur, but like they 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 can get hot for them, especially because like one of them has dark fur. So we shave her tummy so she does like she cools off and like it's all like smooth and 
yeah, but it's kind of, it's almost like, it's like weirdly stretchy and yeah, it's got like this bounce to it. So yeah, I can kind of see that, but I also like, if but it's like more like rugged, like very dehydrated skin, like, yeah, like a chapped skin, maybe like, or very like chapped, cracked. Yes. Or, yeah, or th- mm-hmm. like has never used lotion in his life. Like never once has even, maybe, maybe it's. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't, don't lotion my dogs. I'm not that fancy, but <laughs> <laughs> do they make lotion for dogs? I don't know. Probably. I guess like when you started telling the story, I immediately imagined a forest, which I think is stupid because you it's Arizona is not famous for its forests. Um, but I mean, like I never pictured this thing like living around where I live either. That's the weird part is like I imagined it somehow is under my bed, but it isn't a forest at the same time. Yeah, it's like it's which a, makes no sense. It's like in a heavily dense wooded forest. And mm-hmm. I don't. I personally didn't really live near forests. I'm not a forest dweller. I think I lived near one once, mm-hmm. and the, the that was enough for me. Uh, <laughs> and like I imagined this, and like like thick sticks on the ground. And this thing slithers like in logs and around like tree roots. Yes. But then you yeah. started. Then I started like, okay, well maybe yeah. You started. You mentioned a swamp, and I was like, okay, well if it lives in a swamp, this thick black fur that I'm imagining doesn't quite work because. Like the you swamp's imagine- just nearby, I guess. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so maybe it's like know. slippery or sticky, or it's got like this membrane kind of texture to it, where Ugh. it's almost like like a leech or uh, like some sort of like eel, kind of like an eely texture. Because like that's like that's a majority tail. Yeah, and then, you know what's crazy is I didn't think you could find a way to make this worse, and then there you come. <laughs> Whoopsie, sorry. <laughs> I really didn't think we could approve upon the scariness of this creature, and that is just absolutely horrid. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hate it. Thank you. Well, if we can make it even worse if you want, and we can think about it in a desert context where it's just reptilian. Ugh. And if you're looking at my sketch, we remove the fur. It's all this this black scaled, clawed thing slinking through the sand. You know, like it, it survives on cactus juice and these poor desert rabbits that we're apparently hunting. Dude, that's literally a Gila monster. You're describing a Gila monster so there right you now. Go. Like this animal does exist. So maybe that's. Huh. Well, I don't know. I've never been to Arizona, but. Oh, these things are hard, and they're poisonous. If they bite onto you, they don't let go, and you just sit there and die. So, but maybe that's maybe that's why this 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 story got so big as like as a as a telling in Arizona because you have something like this. Oh and God, it's a cautionary maybe. tale. Don't don't go no near those things because they're don't, horrible. Yeah. I mean, like that is something I was told. Always, if you see a Gila monster, like just like run, like get the hell away from it. Like they're worse than rattlesnakes. Like they're bad because they don't they don't even warn you. Like they're just there. They're just there. They're just like and they hiss at you. I've never. Yeah. You'll need to send me a picture of a Gila monster because I've never seen one. I, I can't believe. Yeah, they're literally called monsters, like a Gila, but it's just like a, it's a black and orange. Uh, like giant lizard. Oh, I think. Uh, yeah, it's probably not the lizards I'm used to. Because um, I'm like you said that, and I thought I thought of like a Komodo dragon. You know those those big nasty four legged monster lizards. Yeah. No, this is uh, this is like it's kind of small, but like they're that's why you don't usually see them. Oh, they're so, they're okay. Just, like, I'm imagining like this like dog sized lizard just like just chilling in your backyard, I'm like hey. Kind of- Trying to find it and like compare to it. I wish I could find one like with a banana for scale. <laughs> like that way, you like you know you can pick. I actually, could, I could have. I have it for scale. Yeah, because like I'm imagining this this thing I drew in my head is bigger than my dog. It's bigger than a beagle, but it's smaller than a horse. <laughs> We're playing that game. <laughs> um, well, I guess what would like maybe like it's larger than a skateboard, um, but smaller than a surfboard. What do I yeah. have that's like that size? Like I don't have a specific thing for scale. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like it, it's like five foot long. Oh, I don't like that. Ooh. Mm, yeah, I'm like I tried to give you like a scale, like so that guy's like hand is next to it. You could see it. Oh my god. Um, and I'll show you like they're mat, like they just they're so chubby. They're, they usually are. Yeah. That's adorable. Like they fan. look cute, but they're not. Yeah, I can they're understand. Really... Yeah, the red and yellow. It's a sign. It's like, don't touch me. I am super poisonous. Yeah. Yeah, heal monsters are no joke. But yeah, so with all of these changes and everything, like, truly, with any story being told verbally, I'm sure the Taily Poe just receives embellishments that range depending on who the target audience is. You know, as we as we said it before, everyone is scared differently. There's no right way to scare. So, I mean, just letting your audience imagine whatever they need, it, it really does the trick. Yeah. And like we've already established, there's like a variety of ways to scare. There's a variety of ways you can twist the story to scare even more. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 a kind of it's a cool one where I I guess I kind of knew it, but I knew a different version, but I didn't know your version and I we just kind of picked it apart and I that was it was it was a cool little adventure we went on. Right. I actually really enjoyed that. I I like the horror story. It's like tailored to your own personal little nightmares and we got to dissect it and give it a little bit more context and lore and background and I really appreciate expanding upon it in that way because yeah. we got to kind of not not necessarily put our stamp on the retelling of it, but just just expand upon it and give the Taley Poe lore and the world of cryptids and folklore just just more information because that's really all it is. It's just like an ever expanding library of of stories. Yeah. Just like the spookery. And the spookery, as as its intention was always to be, it's to tell stories, it's to preserve stories, but it's also to expand upon stories. And you know, we'll we'll get. I'm sure. I, I really hope that people will send us their own versions of this story. We're like, have you heard this story? Do you know this story? What version do you know? How does it change from where you live versus where I am, where versus where Alana is? It's this, yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing about this oral tradition is that the story will always change. And sometimes it will change for the better, and sometimes it will change for the creepy, and sometimes it will change as a, ca- a cautionary tale, and sometimes it'll just be something completely different. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm very excited to see who has heard about this, how it has changed depending on where you're from in the world. I mean, this is, too, you're getting a perspective from just, you know, someone inside the U.S. Like, in other countries, I'm sure that this tale has been embellished and changed and given so many different details to, just to fit the area and the region and the culture so i'm excited i want to hear more about it i hope you guys enjoyed my version and retelling of this today because it really is truly one of my personal favorite favorites that i have held on to my entire life and so being able to share it and pass it along this cursed knowledge to you (laughs) i just i'm really happy and i'm hoping that you get a chance to share this troubling tale with a friend or a foe of your choosing soon as well yes uh, you know my family is not safe for this story family i'm coming for you (laughs) thank you foe Tailypo. You have to do. You have to do the scary voice. Oh. And, and am I, am I not creepy. scary enough? Should I go Tailypo? Just like that. Tailypo. Yes. Okay. We, yeah, you practiced. You nailed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, I did practice my scary voice. I, before yeah, this I, it was great. I loved your scary voice. I got. I, I curled up into my blanket a little bit. Like, <laughs> so like that. That's a no for me. <laughs> Oh, uh, but ma'am, thank you for telling your little slice of, of, of personal cryptid folklore. Because man, what a cool little story! And and I'm, I th- you told it so well. And just man, thank you, thank you for the little slice of Alana absolutely. History. Yeah, like you said, it not only is a folklore from history, but it is a little bit a little bit more personal about me, which we haven't really got personal on the podcast yet. So you're learning about us, learning about the hosts of what you listen to. Yes, maybe it's cool, maybe it's not, maybe you don't care, maybe. but. <laughs> now you know it either way. <laughs> I care. <laughs> so you as an audience don't have a say. No, I'm kidding. That's true. <laughs> but oh, it is, it's, it's kind of nice. And of course, you know, Lana, I, I think I said before, we have different backgrounds, different different childhoods. So we'll always interpret and process information differently. And it's, it's this really cool thing where you can share the story and we can just expand upon it together. And, and look at it, like, in a completely different light. And I just, uh, I, I, I love it. I love it how cool, but this book is such a cool place to be, guys. It really is. And and I really am just, like, I'm, I'm so honored. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being here for this. This was a great episode. I loved it. Mamo. It means a lot to me. Oh, of course. No, this was awesome. I, 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 this is, I guess this was, yeah, this was a cryptid I didn't know. I, it was a cryptid I've... It awoke a core memory in me, but I didn't know this one. And like, how? I mean, the fact that you told it so well that I was able to draw it and get it kind of accurate to what you were thinking—that just goes to show how cool you told that story. So My, that's such a compliment. I'm just so glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I was able to pick yet another thing that you just hadn't heard about because I, I love being able to surprise you with things. That's kind of like always my secret <laughs> like side goal with the spookery is picking things that not only I get to surprise our listeners to, but that I get to surprise you with, lady, because your reaction to things is just the best. And that's why we're here. I, I just I love getting to tell you stories. I think you're three for three, ma'am. I didn't know about the fires. I didn't know about the cult. I didn't know about the Taily Poe. And whatever the spookery wheel gives you, I won't know about either. I know. Yes, I was just about to say, I think we are finally around that time where it is time to spin that wheel. So, spookery wheel TM. (laughs) Yes, spookery wheel TM. Spookery wheel, spookery wheel. Oh, man. Man, oh These spooky spirits have done right by me so far, so I'm I'm really excited. Don't do me dirty now. Give me something good. Come on, spooky spirits. Mama's got to get a new pair of shoes. 
You already got your new pair of shoes. You already got your cryptic. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I got what I wanted. I don't even know what I'm hoping for at this point because I got what I wanted. All right. Well, I've set up the wheel. It's ready for us. All right. I'm going to spin in three, go. two, one, go. Woo! Oh, there it goes. Oh, it's really spinning. Ma'am. What did I get? Your category for your next episode is conspiracy theories. Cons- are you kidding? That is such a fun category, too! <laughs> Why do the oh, spooky spirits love you so much? Why do they hate uh, me? <laughs> consp- this is such a good topic to get. I'm... Oh, I cannot wait. Guys, we're going to figure out why Avril Lavigne is fake that she's gone. You know that one too? Oh my God. (laughs) We're going to figure it out. We're going to get to the bottom. Is she really Avril Lavigne or did did they replace her? I don't know. Mm. No, I'm just going to find out in two weeks. (laughs) Find out in two weeks. We'll see. I mean, you never know, but that one has always haunted me. (laughs) That one's one's a good one. Oh, man. God, you got all the cool ones. I mean, that's not true. I also got, I got cursed objects. I got mass murder. So I guess I I can't complain. Dude, and you did Body and Clyde. You did a three- <laughs> as you're sitting here off the cusp of a three-parter. You're like, man, can I get a good one? I'm like, you got like the best one. What the heck are you talking about? Man, you're crazy. I, you know, it's it's true. I can't complain. I've got some really cool categories. I think I just I'm not getting the specific one that I want. And I'm just that's fair. And I'm just salty about it. But no, I. <laughs> Uh, the spooker wheel has been kind to both of us, I think, just to different degrees. I think it's played really well into our strengths. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a good foot to start out the the season one, you know, really get to just dive into stuff that we're passionate about that we want to talk about and we're just gonna keep getting better and learning and yeah. the research is gonna get better, the stories are gonna get deeper. I'm just excited. I'm excited to continue this. Yeah. Well, speaking of continuing, I guess it's my turn to tease next week's episode, huh? It sure is. Give us give us a little bit of that teaser. Oh, a teaser. Okay, so my category that I'm complaining about slash <laughs> I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with mass murder coming off the tailcoats of Bonnie and Clyde. So I guess my teaser, I have, I have two. So my first teaser is that I have gone the polar opposite of Bonnie and Clyde. So... Oh. Polar opposite. The polar opposite. So it's Donnie and, and Blythe. No, that's not the polar opposite. That's a parallel. <laughs> <laughs> that's adjacent. We're going. We're going. <laughs> we're going perpendicular. I didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> okay, and then I guess my second teaser is I have had to learn an entirely new language to understand Wait, my case. Yes, what? I have had to learn another language, and it's it's been a it's been an adventure. So. When you see, when you when you hear my case next week, you'll know that I had to Google Translate so much of it, and if I say things funny, that's why. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, that is some ap- like true dedication to the craft, Madame. Like I am so excited to hear your tale, and yeah, no judgment. You're you're gonna do the best that you can, and we'll, we'll learn. It'll be a a great experience. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's there's my teaser. It's the polar opposite of Bonnie and Clyde, and I had to learn a new language for this one. So, wow. Good luck. I hope you guys, yeah, give it a guess. If you guys want, send us an email. What do you think it is? If you've got cases that you would like us to cover, please send us uh, a Gmail. I guess that's segueing straight into our socials. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you want to find us, you can find us pretty much anywhere uh, at Spookery Podcast. Yeah, you can send us a Gmail at spookerypodcast at gmail.com. We're on YouTube now. How cool. We are. We're officially on YouTube, yeah. so go subscribe. Go subscribe to that. It's pretty much all of our episodes are available there. You can go subscribe to the channel. It's got a little cute little thing that our beautiful distributor gave to us. Um, so yeah, you've got a little visual waveline where you can, li- I guess, watch while you're listening to us, but we're all on there, so you can go say that. It's literally Spookery Podcast. You'll find us. It's got our same logo as our cover art. And yeah, check us out. And yeah. Uh, we just appreciate you listening. We appreciate any feedback. Uh, we definitely have some recap notes for you for that sweet, sweet recap episode, which oh, we're very excited about. Delicious. If anyone has anything else to add to that, please just send us an email. We really appreciate it. Everyone has been so kind and so nice so far, even... You know, the few emails we've gotten, we just, we really do appreciate them. So just thank you for taking the time. Yeah. And just being so kind about it. And if you guys have extra questions that you want to ask, if we, if me and Alana miss something that you want us to talk about, if you had a question that we didn't get to, please, please, please let us know. Like, we will 100% add it to our recap notes and we will try and address as many as we can. I have my own questions, like, because I edit all of the episodes and going back, I'm like, why didn't I ask this question at that time? 
So, right. so yeah, feel, feel free to let us know. We've still got plenty of time before the recap is, is finalized. So please send us a, a Gmail. And if you guys are enjoying the journey so far, please think about leaving us a five-star review. Absolutely. It means so much. It helps the algorithm uh, make us more discoverable and other people, other spooky lovers, you know, find our podcast and give us uh, more more things to talk about. So yeah. we just appreciate you. We appreciate you. I appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you so much for telling this amazing story. Thank you for telling me about the Daily Bow. Absolutely. Thank you for being the best audience (laughs) ever, as usual. Uh, Uh, I'm going to have night terrors tonight. I can feel it. I'm going to be like cozy at 2 a.m. and I'm just going to hear like the, I'm going to hear that my demon in my wall that knocks and I'm going to be like, Taylor, <laughs> you, I, I genuinely, after hearing this story, I feel like your eyes do like, you know how your eyes play tricks on you and you kind of imagine things in the dark when they're not there. Mm. You will start to see the Taylor po in the, yes. you know, the little corners of your eye as you're laying there in the dark and you think, wait, what is, is that just nothing in the corner of my room or is that? Is that maybe the taily bow? Yes. Is that shadow slithering at the bottom of your bed? Is that little rustling inside your closet? Is it perhaps something with sharp teeth and a Cheshire grin? And it's coming for you. It's coming for you. Taily bow. Taily bow. Oh, man. Such a fun episode today, uh, man. Uh, <laughs> it really was. It really was. Thank you so much for telling it. Thank you guys for coming. Until next time, stay spooky. Bye bye. Bye bye. Say bye. Bye bye. Tell me about your black fairy. <laughs> Where string? Do it. Tell me your story.